Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel Taluk. It's the kid, Double H, half we, we do the podcast every Tuesday, Wednesday. You guys hear it whenever you hear it. Remember to leave us reviews five star five star five star apple podcast uh wherever you listen to podcasts you know where to go half of where can people find your work online either on the streets or half of footballhot.com carl is at anchorman 616 i'm at daniel to look uh you can follow my writing on off target um we have another pod called trap talking race africa and people the dr umar episode is out so you guys can go check it was that. a great app great app that was a great did, app. did you listen back i haven't listened back to it yet and i i mean like i i listen like to snippets but i hardly listen back because i just like to get in the moment but i just i could feel like if no no this this was a great bro was like i, I, I didn't know i had half. that much to say to be fair but like yeah. i feel like I, I talked more than you did but either way um so you guys can go check that out um yeah, help help us out on Patreon. Donate what you can. Um, it helps us keep doing this this podcast sure. that we've done for six, seven, eight years. Oh my god! Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight years, <laughs> eight years, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, let's start with Carabao Cup final. So <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea played Liverpool at Wembley. Um, this was coming off the back of. I would say decent results from Chelsea. They beat Villa in the cup. They drew with City. Um, but the last time Liverpool and Chelsea played, it was a 4-0 loss. Um, but Liverpool... No, 4-1. 4-1. 4-1. 4-1. Sorry, sorry. Um, but um, Liverpool have gone through a lot of injuries and, and different things since then. Klopp's announced he's leaving, I think. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's gone on with Liverpool. So when the teams met, it wasn't as... It, 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 it didn't feel as dire as it did when they last played. So I think there was a little bit of like, given the team that Liverpool are going to have to put out there and how Chelsea have been against, at least in big, ga- in big games lately, they might win. Like they, they, they didn't have zero chance. And I would say in the 90 minutes, Chelsea should have scored two, maybe three. And Liverpool, and, and Liverpool should have scored one, maybe two. So on balance, in the 90 minutes, Chelsea were the better team. But you would almost expect that given 
how the teams lined up or who lined up in the Prepubescent sucks. Prepubescent <laughs> sucks, yeah. Now, and Chelsea, to be fair, like the when when the game ended, Chelsea had a younger team on the pitch than Liverpool. But that's because Chelsea doesn't have, you know, thirty two year old Van Dyke, thirty one year old Endo, mm. etc. Um all of their players are like twenty to twenty five, so the average age is, is is relatively is relatively young. But I would want your thoughts about the first ninety minutes and then we can get into the overtime, which I think is a specific discussion in and of itself. <laughs> um I mean look, over the ninety minutes, I just think that's disappointing. Because when you look at both of the lineups, you would say, Okay, if ever there is a time for this for the world's great conundrum of Enzo and Caicedo to sort of dominate a game, it's in this game. Because remember, I think Graven Birch got injured in the, in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stretch it off. So, so, yeah, so my thing is, when you just look at the fact that um, the, it's the game was close against a very young team and Chelsea's first team, the game was close. And... I was like, come on, like this, this is, that was the thing that was most telling to me. And yes, we had the chances and everything, but it just shows you that this team still has a long way to, to go. Because if you said to me that no Nunes, no Salah, no Shoboshlai, no Trent, you're like, bro, this is... No no Jota. No Curtis Jones, even. No Curtis Jones. Yeah, so these are bona fide starters. Tiago so like Alcantara? five starters are out. Tiago? Is Tiago? Is, is Akintara still there? I, th- I think he's still there, but like he's, he's not been a regular starter. So. <laughs> I, I haven't seen him in months. No, no Matip, obviously, because he's no, out with the Yeah, no Matip. No, but these are, there those are like long-term too. guys. But in terms of like the regular guys, five like regular starters this season that were out. So the fact that you didn't impose your presence on a very weakened team and a team where many people were either making like their debuts first time ever in a final most of these guys are very young most of these guys play for like liverpool second team mm. that was so obviously we'll get to the extra but for me that was the thing that was that was the most telling of like you can't dominate and control against that liverpool team because see portuguese you know and we there's there's so much different talk about that guy's press conference bro the guy was talking fluent trash like fluent gibberish <laughs> and because my thing is that yes it's liverpool but it isn't liverpool in the proverbial sense it was liverpool in that specific form where it, which was a bunch of young people who have a gray silhouette as their picture on google <laughs> you know so this, this is disappointing Very, yeah. and embarrassing and embarrassing, embarrassing. <laughs> bro, did you most of those Liverpool players? I'm like, I've never seen this dude before. Let's keep it real. Most of these guys were, were umbilical cord merchants, <laughs> you know. Dan's, I'm trying to think of the names, I can't even think of the names. I can't think of that. Like, I know think what? Mc, McDonald was one of them or something. What stands out to me more than the names are sometimes jersey numbers. Yeah, so, 72, 69. So when they're wearing like 72, 68, 57, 84, I think is one of the numbers that I saw. Um, 
that stands out is that like bro they're just giving them any and every wh- whichever is available that because maybe there might be a first team player that wants like you know a 12 or a 4 or 5 like no no single digits no teens no 20s these guys are in their 40s 50s 80s so yeah that that stood out to me but again i would say chelsea created enough chances to win the game so palmer had a point blank uh, save yeah. or, or forced a point blank save from Kelleher. Um, okay. First point of conversation. Connor Gallagher had two guild edged, I guess they say, opportunity to one, score. One. One. I say one. Like the. The, 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 uh, the 1v1. The, he, he had the 1v1. That that one was guild edged, but then he also struck the post. So that was that. Um but but mm. but you wouldn't say that he should have scored that one. But he should have yeah, scored the one. You see, like the other two, um, it wasn't a case of oh you should have the one v one. Yeah, you have to score that. It reminded me of Mason Mount, <laughs> and I tweeted Gallagher and Mount are the same person in different bodies, in the sense of <laughs> Liverpool Wembley final. You have a one v one against the same keeper, different goal, mm. but um, or different side, was of, worse, side of the pitch. Mansell was worse because now okay now this is this is a, a, a tricky football term so in a vacuum Mansell was worse because he had more time because I, because basically if you go onto Twitter they actually there's a video where they actually show both of them like back to back and we look at Mansell like bro he had way more time but if you've played football what they'll tell you is a footballer prefers an instinctual situation over time. Mm. So with Gallagher, that is more in terms of like control, open your body up, bottom right. But when you have all the time in the world and almost time stands stand still, it can almost like mess you up, specifically if it's a big game, big final, because you're like, whoa, because your, your brain is like, wait, I have this much time? So that can even affect you. So if a ball will always want to just give me instincts, give me a short amount of time so I can instinctually just get off. But if I have all the time, I lose that instinctual ability and now I can mess up with too much time. Mm-hmm. But that being said, they were both bad. Mounts was, that was like, nah. Mounts was, was worse because of the time and the time, not only the time, but where he had the ball because where he has the ball, it's more central. So it gives him options. So not Raul or Xavi or Hazard, but Torres that you have behind you. When Torres, peak Torres, had that time, and obviously he's a striker, so it's a different mentality, but when you have that much time, you can just go around the goalkeeper. He's planted his feet, just knock it, and it's into an open goal. Um, Gallagher didn't... I did, he didn't have that chance, and I don't think that pops into his mind to even, you know, I have him where I want him, because he, he really doesn't. And to be fair, he's a central midfielder. I don't expect goals from him. Mm. It just, it looks bad. <laughs> you know. Um, but no, chances were there. Chances were definitely there. Um, there. There was one sequence where, like, Nkunku shot the ball after a big kerfuffle and the ball just lands in the goalkeeper's, in the goalkeeper's hands. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, 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 yeah. When, when it's not your day, it's not your day. Um, Liverpool had the the ball in the goal once from Van Dyke's head, which was kind of like a, a foretelling or foreshadowing of what was to come. Um, it was ruled offside. We should say that Chelsea also had the ball in the goal. Jackson was offside, mm. I think, by a little bit. 
watching it in real, watching it in real time i felt he was offside then they showed the replay and the angle from the stadium <laughs> kind of gave it like he could be on because mm. it was more i don't know like front facing almost to where it's hard to gauge from the side but i've seen angles since where i think he was he was he was off which was kind of his own inexperience. I don't think he needed to try to time the run off Kunate. Just use Van Dyke. Just yeah, use yeah, him yeah, as yeah. a gauge of where onside, offside is, and then use your pace because you're faster than them both. But his ball into Sterling. Sterling finishes, but it's it's ruled correctly, I think, off. Um, but then the Liverpool one was Endo blocks. He almost like sets a pick, you know, <laughs> in, in, in basketball parlance on Colwell, which then puts Van Dyke ball side of a really good free kick or delivery from Robertson, I think. And uh, Liverpool had the one nil, but once you, you know, parse all the, all the logic and whatever else, I think it was the right decision ultimately. And then the game went into extra time. Now, extra time I felt should have been in Chelsea's favor because they had, they were dominant in the last, I would say quarter of an hour. Mm. of the like the last 15 minutes if anybody was going to score it was probably going to be Chelsea they just couldn't do it and, and you felt well another 30 minutes uh Chelsea should probably score and they'll have an advantage and Klopp brought on you know his troop of children and it's like well Chelsea are experienced players or more experienced anyway relatively experienced given their opposition um they should go on and win it within the 30 minutes that's that's given but that's not what happened at all. Uh, Klopp, not Klopp, Pochettino said his team were tired. Chilwell was weary and Gallagher didn't have energy in his tank. I'm like, they haven't played in a week. And Liverpool had a game Cap. A, a few Cap. days ago. And, you know, it just, it watching the extra time didn't make sense. It's like, how are children being allowed the time and space to get comfortable in a stadium full of 100,000 people in a domestic cup final, it's like Chelsea, if you had anything about you, you suffocate them, you put them under pressure, you force them to make mistakes. But they made the game way too easy for Liverpool and then they get the set piece and Van Dijk kind of does what he does off the corner. You could talk about the marking, like how does Van Dijk get a free, free run off a corner? What is Mudrick thinking? In my mind, I'm like, DeSassi looked very angry at the goal that was scored. I'm like, bro, why don't why weren't you marking Van Dyke like man, men on man, leaving Mudrick in a zone for I don't know Van Dyke to just ghost right in front of him. It yeah, and, 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 and you should have learned from the first non-goal that put the best the best defender he's, he's on the, the guy who scored it earlier in the freaking game. There's an argument to be made that offset pieces. He's the most dangerous person in England. Virgil van Dijk. Like mm. You could make the argument. It might not be true. You might forget some names here and there. But if there's one person in that country, on that island, that you need to mark <laughs> on a set piece, it's the guy with the slick back, you know, ponytail <laughs> in red, like the giant Dutch dude. Like, why don't you, you might want to pick him up and yeah, let him I mean... get a free run. So, um, I was watching ESPN FC, and I want to get your thoughts on this. And Mario Melchior, I thought, made an interesting point. Because people were questioning, well, how come Chelsea didn't... Chelsea are young, but Liverpool were younger. Mm. So how come Liverpool 
dominated that period of extra time more than Chelsea. And Mario said something I felt that was really interesting. He said, just because Liverpool players are younger doesn't necessarily mean they aren't more equipped, to, and this is me paraphrasing, mm. to play in the, in the way that Klopp wants them to play. So basically, because Klopp has been at Liverpool so long, and each level of Liverpool system from under sixes, eights, twelves, thirteens, fifteens, sixteens, all the way through, mm. they will have pieces of what Klopp's idea and his ideology is. So these 18-year-olds, Klopp has been at Liverpool since 2015, I think. Mm. Um, they've been playing Klopp's football basically their whole lives. So it's easier for them to come in. We need you to play the way a Liverpool left back plays. And that means the way a Klopp's left back plays. So it's easier for them to come into these positions and you're surrounded at least by Van Dyke, by Endo, by Luis Diaz. You have some veterans around you. Um, but he, M- Melchiat's point was Chelsea, their young players are picked from everywhere. There's no Chelsea DNA. There's no ideology that they're playing under. So it's almost easier in a sense, especially when they're given the license by Chelsea, to play Klopp football than what the fuck? He didn't say this, but what what the fuck is Chelsea football? That doesn't mean anything. Even though the players are more experienced, there's less direction. There's less order and structure within the club. And I felt that was a really compelling point because he brought up his his, his days at Ajax. Mm. We're like playing right back at Ajax, even though um, you might not be as experienced. You understand what the job is given the structure. Yeah, no, I mean, no, like... If a lot, like we've we've, even, we've had this carnival before, like in episodes before, sorry, you know, bringing in the the four three three, and that was supposed to be like an idea to sort of permeate all the way through. But you know, the the proper Chelsea guys wanted um, bangers and match ball. So the thing is, hundred percent. If you have a philosophy, it permeates through the entire team. So even if the under 18s may have a different coach or a manager, that's coach and manager meets with the head manager. So whenever you're in the club, like Klopp knows who the under 21 manager is, knows who the under 18s is, knows who the under 11s are. And he will, it will have discussions of like, okay, we know you're the manager, but I'm the head honcho here. So you may do a few tweaking, but the general philosophy must be done by you, 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 and you. Because if I have injuries or guys are not playing well, or I want to say, you know what? Let's see what these under 18s are doing because I want to promote someone in. So someone I'm promoting in has to form the same idea. So those under 18s manager, through meetings with the head manager, must be with the same philosophy of the entire club. So that's when one of his players now gets promoted, they have a clear idea of what the senior team is doing. Because ultimately, yeah, under 18s is good, under 11s is good. The most important is the senior team. And the under-18s, under-11s are there to support the senior team. For Chelsea, though, it's a circus. It's a circus. There is no philosophy. There is no idea. There is no ideal. So when you're not going into extra time and players are tired or you need to make subs, that is when a philosophy is most important. Because you're like, the all right. You don't yeah. even need to think. There's no information to say, okay, look, 
Let's just go go down to what we, we know, where it's second nature. We know where to stand. We know what's which position. When I have the ball, I don't even need to think because I know he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. Because we, I, don't, I don't know whether we want to get into the, a whole Enzo discussion, but the issue with Chelsea is you can see that players just, they have no idea what is happening. So when a player receives the ball, it's like, okay, what am I doing? And who is standing where? So extra time, why should Chelsea be better than Liverpool? Because where is the experience? Where is the cohesion? Where is the chemistry? Where is the philosophy? Where is the idea? So, and as we've been seeing, this team is just going off of vibes. This team has not gained any momentum or any consistency. You know, so like, but what this showed, even from what Melkert is saying is, on one hand, you can say, man, how the hell can you not dominate a bunch of, of kids? But if you use your brain and actually have more analysis towards it, it doesn't matter how young a player is. It's about, first of all, are they talented enough? That's obviously one thing. But do are they being given the right instructions? An average player being given the right instructions will perform better than an amazing player given poor instructions in a poor team. Like nine times out of 10, a really good team of average players beats a um, group of amazing individuals, but who are a poor team with no chemistry. And also it's, I think this was another point that they made was, I mean, again, they wouldn't have worded it like this, but Chelsea's team is a bunch of mercenaries. So they're they're people who come from desperate parts. They might they may have talent or shown talent from young, Jackson, Villarreal, Mudrik from Shakhtar, Madueke I think was at PSV. Like they're coming from different places. And Kunku was at Leipzig. Those Liverpool boys know exactly what it means. It means something different for them to put that to put that badge on, and play for Liverpool in a final. Like they're they're playing for something larger than just money. They're playing for their boyhood club. They're playing for the team. They're playing for the fans. I think it means something different to where when you do have the organization, the structure in place, it's cliche, but hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm. But hard work beats talent when <laughs> when hard work just works harder. So it was almost inexcusable to allow 18, 19, 20-year-olds who just, you know, probably can't even drive and still living with moms and you know, to beat you. <laughs> but I, th I think when you look deeper into what Chelsea is, it makes sense. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is why I get to my point. <laughs> I didn't want Chelsea to win. <laughs> Bigger picture, I, man. Bigger I picture. Was, I found myself conflicted watching the game. So when Gakpo hit the posts, I was like, Whew. 
we got away with that one in my mind. I was like, we got away with it. But then I was like, no, 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 no. I need that to go in because Chelsea cannot win this game. And I, I knew Liverpool would win. I just needed to see it. And they made it difficult. They, they made it way more stressful than they needed to. Uh, but Liverpool, they came through. Now, the reason I needed Liverpool to win is very simple. I can't afford, or I don't want, is a better way to put it, Chelsea fans to be celebratory in this moment. Because there's nothing worth celebrating. And had they won, you and others would have been, this just they would have been on this mystical, spectral, it's the aura of the club, we just win, it's what we do, it's a Chelsea thing. They would have gone all of that shamelessly, Chelsea thing. Shame, shamelessly forgetting that what's in front of your face is a club and a structure kind of like what we're seeing on the pitch is no different than what we're seeing in board level. It's disorganization, it's dysfunction, it's ignorance, it's arrogance. There's nothing that would suggest other than the fact that they were in the final. And if you look at their run, it makes complete sense why they were in the final. They played every Middlesbrough, game at what's home. up, baby? It was just, it was, it was useless. <laughs> they did lose to, to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, a, a, a trophy given to Pochettino, a trophy given to Clear Lake Capital and Todd Bowley, I think would be the worst thing because it would give Chelsea fans an out. It would open a, a door for them to escape. Like, look, mm. we, we won something. We got something. Arsenal, you're going to finish the, the... It would have been trash talking. You're going to finish trophy list in your best season since the Invincibles. We still won a trophy. It would have been that whole thing, just shameless idiocy. And I think for the long-term prospect of the football club, it's better in this moment to legitimately suffer. Just, on, 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 yeah. just, just to make things clear that this needs to go, and this being the ownership group. No, 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 you, no. Basically, it's like two steps back, five steps forward. It's like the the um, short-term loss, long-term gain. Yes. But you see. As much as I get that, it's like, I just don't think anything will change because my view is that the issue with these owners, it's an issue that is going to be very difficult to solve. Now, I want to solve it. I don't know how. Like, Abdullahi says that people should be stoned. So I'm not really sure whether <laughs> I'm stoning should be advocated. But shout out to Abdullahi, you know, who wants to bring back the Stone, the stone Ages. But Exodus. Yeah. Leviticus. So if, if um, because, okay, let's, let's play the scenario that, that Chelsea won that. And, and also, like, we'll be done with this soon because, like, we've too much Chelsea because I need to, to I want to talk about Klopp and, and, and Disney Plus. Um, if Chelsea had won that, okay, well, no, blah, blah, blah. Now, we're in the, the scenario where they lose that. Do you think anything has changed? Homeboy said that Bowley sends him a nice, lovely message. And here's the key thing. And it's a question of, we may have discussed this before. How bad do things need to get for Chelsea fans to not truly riot and for the stadium to not be fully toxic. I mean, That's I have thing. an idea, but I mean, it would have to get bad. It has to get bad before it gets worse. And then, no, it has to get, it has to get bad. No, it has to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, it has to yeah, get yeah, bad yeah, before yeah, it gets yeah, better. Yeah, 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 yeah. If there is better. So, 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 so wait, what is relegation, bro? Can, can I use Arsenal as an example? Because I feel like it's the best example I have, right. which is 
for we can there's short term history and long term history and we'll we'll use the last twenty years. So Arsenal haven't won a league for the last twenty years. The last thing they won league wise was in two thousand and four. Since then, I think they've won maybe four or five FA Cups. Like we've seen them have domestic success in cup competitions. Those domestic cups have only, and it's it's great that there are so many Arsenal fans, and they feel obligated to document everything. So Arsenal Fan TV is there. There's tweets from people that just go on a fan channel. There's articles. You can go look. Like Arsenal fans are not quiet, which is a good thing. Mm. You can go see what those trophies did to people. Oh, this is this is our time to turn it around. Next season, <laughs> nothing. Because a trophy, it only gives the ownership group an, 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 an excuse to just keep what's there. The yeah, we, hey, we won something. We won what's something. What's wrong? Yeah. And then, look, there's only four things you can win in a season, maybe five. We won one of those things. So thank you. It was a good season. It was a success. Mm. For years, we've watched Arsenal, Arsenal fans anyway. They've been happy to finish top four. They've been happy just to finish above Spurs. They're happy with the occasional FA Cup or League Cup run. But slowly from the Invincibles, you could, you might even say up until the Champions League final in 2006, it, there's been a deterioration. Of course, there are reasons. The the age of Wenger, the building of the Emirates. Stadium, yeah. You know, having to sell uh, Van Persie, Nasri, you, you name it. They had to shape a new squad and to a point Wenger was capable in his genius of keeping them afloat once he started to 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 decrease his level I think up until last season Arsenal hadn't finished top four in three or four years maybe five you know so there there are examples of what decline looks like and it can happen relatively quickly I mean if we just look Liverpool didn't win a league for 30 years until 2018, 2019, whenever that was. Manchester United. Uh, 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 yeah, 2020. 2020. 2020. Uh, Manchester United, the greatest club in England of all time, whatever you want, you want to say. They haven't won a league in 11 years now. Yeah. So it, it goes quick. And the cup runs can mask or hide or paper, not just cracks, but deep crevice. Well, just ravines. No, no, but, but, but you know, it's almost like... And I, would I don't have, want that. You know, I'd have loved to, to know if Chelsea had won that Carabao Cup, what the response would, would have been. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so if you had like, Ask like a yourself, pie, what, what would you have done? What would the stream have been? You see, okay, this now, this is, it's, it's, now, this is a, it's a loaded answer. So a part of me would have been like, oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be shameless. I'll be shameless. Yeah, I'll be a like, part? yeah, what? The no, 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 part of me. But bigger issue is, damn it, this podcast still remains. And this truth is not going to be used as an excuse to say, hey, we're on the, we're on the right track. But even though now, do you know why it's still bad? It's still somewhat bad. Now, not to the extent, but why is it somewhat bad? Hey, we're young projects and we made a final and we lost to the great Liverpool. So progress is being made because we only lost in the final few minutes of second half extra time. So we should be patting ourselves on the back. But that is the kind of loserish 
pathetic kind of mentality it, it that's now at the club. It doesn't take long now. for winning mentality to leave. Was my point with the Liverpool in thirty years, Arsenal twenty. How does winning mentality Man, leave Man, in the space of like a few months? So, so literally, these guys came over and destroyed the winning mentality literally in like two, three, three months. Chelsea have lost six straight domestic cup finals. That's over the Abramovich era. That's you know, it's mm. it's not just the Americans, but they haven't helped any. You don't lose six straight if you're Chelsea. Chelsea are built on the last 20 years of we win. Okay, but look, okay, Liverpool. Question. Do you, do you subscribe to Disney Plus in the footballing philosophical sense? No, I wow. don't. Damn, so you're a, a realist. So you see, my <laughs> thing though, know, because you mentioned um, a chance that Unkunku had where you were like, bro, how did this not go in? And when Juju? I just look Are at that, I'm Juju? like, I thought it said, only works on a certain continent. Uh, Juju has actually, you know, it's it's, a, it's spreading its, its wings. It's, it's becoming global. That's becoming is global. Is it effective like, in, in in Western Asia? Yeah, bro. White <laughs> white magic is rising, bro. White magic is rising. White magic is rising. But this, the way that game went, and the fact that Liverpool won with that team that was so young, leads me to believe that hang on. Now this is what Disney Plus would be, and we're going to keep it a stack here. Disney Plus is the league. FA Cup, eh, it's cool. Europa League, eh, it's European Trophy, it's cool, but it's not only really the UCL. Disney Plus is Klopp leaves winning the Premier League title. And I think that if that happens, that is literally the perfect ending. Now, obviously, the final game of the season, I think, is the FA Cup. I think that might be May 25th. So many needs to check. But that would be... 100% the Disney Plus ending for Liverpool, which if they were able to win that league title. Now, the chance of them doing it, I don't, I, I'll be real with you, I don't know. Now, my money is still on Man City. My footballing brain says they have the players, they have the squad, they have the experience. And Liverpool squad just isn't as strong as City squad. And this Liverpool squad is far inferior to the one that won in 2020. That's my football analytical brain. But my, and look, we'll, we'll get to Aston and everything, but the spiritual side of me, the Disney Plus side of me, says to myself that, could they, could they do something special here? Could if, they do something special? If Klopp were to win the Premier League, mm. given the circumstances of the season, with all of the injuries, and you're competing against not just Manchester City, but Arsenal. So a three-horse a three horse race. It would be his most impressive feat. At least oh, 100%. 100%. You might even say it's more impressive than the Champions League. But oh, you know, no, 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 no. Based on Tottenham. Based on Tottenham, yeah. No, no, no. Um, it would be like, if Klopp wins the league this season with this squad and having to deal with these amounts of injuries, this would be better than 99 points. Like the, the the closest I would say is getting that Dortmund team to the UCL final. That probably the closest beating Real Madrid on the way. That'd be the closest because for me that was an amazing fit to get to a UCL final beating a peak Real Madrid with that team. Oh, that was outstanding! But like if they won the UCL, that would have just been one of the greatest UCL stories of all time. But if he wins it with this crew against that City team with one fifteen charges, bro. Bro. But I think the reason that would make it such a feat is the reason why it won't happen. 
because you're going up against not again not just City but Arsenal who are in form. I you can win a one-off game against you know just I was trying to come up with a disrespectful adjective but we'll just call them Chelsea. You can win that one-off final. Anything can happen in a final. Um but consistently winning game after game after game. I think they play four, five, six games in March. I don't know yeah. how many of those players they're going to get back. Meanwhile, the squad depth that Manchester City have, I mean, they were large portions of the season without Kevin De Bruyne, without Haaland, and they're still within touching distance. Um, but they're within one game. They win one game, they go top. So against against Liverpool. So I think they're up against too much given mm. the opposition and the condition of their team. And then they they just have to play 120 minutes with kids. And it's not like they're getting players back immediately. In fact, they lost player. They, they lost Gravenberch. Hey, Rush. And also um, Jota's who, knee. And Gravenberch isn't some world beater. Mm. <laughs> like, there's still... But, but, but a, he's a body, you know, like, exactly. like, like, I was, I was gonna, like there's, there's still a jury out about his, 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 his value. Um, yeah, given, yeah, he, given he, he his time at, at Bayern Munich and, and now at Liverpool. So they're, they're more likely to lose players in this stretch because he doesn't have any options to rotate. It's just the team is mm. the team. Um, and I think there will be more... There, there will be more teams able to pressurize a young Liverpool squad than what Chelsea were able to do. Chelsea were seemed terribly naive and coached yeah. by somebody who's more or less a, a, a loser is a bit too firm, but they're coached by somebody who clearly hasn't shown himself to be a winner. That's the nuanced way of saying. Basically, it. no, 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 no. I don't want to be nuanced. Loser, <laughs> basically loser. Okay, no, no, no. Don't you go anything loser. Okay, don't, don't try and get coy with me. He's he's not a winner. Um, he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> he's a loser. So yeah. So no, not I mean, a winner probably... equals a loser. So you said it, not me. Um, so I think when when they play, I think they play Sunderland in the FA Cup. Manchester City's looming. Um, so 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 so, those, so so they've got Forest Forest away. So basically Southampton FA Cup and Forest away, Sparta Prague away, City at the crib, Sparta Prague, Everton away, Brighton at the at the crib. So I think those teams, City, Brighton specifically, will be able to pressurize a young squad. And actually put them under pressure and test their metal in the way that Chelsea were seemingly incapable yeah. of. Um, can okay, I also just say good segue? No, just, just this <laughs> is not a quadruple. It's not a quadruple. Let me just put that out there. Not a quadruple. I don't care. It's only a quadruple or a treble if you win the uh, Champions League. Yeah, it's, it's like people. You know what? People are so like. You remember how they were calling it or oh, the domestic treble? Of the Premier League FA Cup, no, don't, no. don't, don't put it in. You're soiling one word treble. Yes, there's a treble, there's a quadruple. Like you know what I've always said, a quadruple is impossible. A quadruple is a physically you can not see him can ever win a, a quadruple there's, is impossible. There's only so England in the, in the modern era. In the modern era, it's so, impossible. So, so England and France are the only leagues that have two domestic cups. Well, yeah, so I thought England, France dropped their second trophy. They they may have, but but there's the mm. Coupe de France and then the Coupe de la Ligue, and they may have dropped the Coupe de la Ligue. They may they may have done it the League Cup. Um, so England might be the only place where a quadruple is 
theoretically possible. But it's not a quadruple if the Europa League is one of them. No. I I don't accept it as such. It it's it's a quadruple of sorts. It's a quadruple, but it's not the quadruple. Like no, it can no. be a treble, but the treble. Champions League, your league cup, your primary league cup, and then your league. That's what a treble is. And I think yeah. there's wait, wait, just only... so yeah, I think they suspended it. Yeah, I think Coupe de, de la League. I think they got they got suspended yeah. indefinitely. And there's only how many teams have won the treble? Very few. Bayern have done it, I think. Did yeah, Bayern, Inter. Have Bayern won a triple? Barca have done it. Oh, yeah, twice. Bayern have won a triple twice. I mean, you mean City? in the modern era, like twice, yeah. Inter City? have done it. Did it last year? Yeah, they, Barca. No. Did, did, did City win the FA Cup last year? They won the treble. With, City won uh, the with, treble last year. They won the FA Cup? Yeah. Damn. I thought it was the League they, Cup that they won. They won the treble. Don't no. City won the, the treble. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, that's that's one. But this shit ain't no quadruple, nice. bro. No. Stop it. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal. So can I just say something? Like Arsenal fans, can you stop attacking me? I feel attacked. What? No, seriously. Like, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> All I say is that's, that's based off that's of last season. That's what our parents would say. If somebody was doing something to you, the immediate yeah. question is, I, had to what, I did nothing. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> okay, look, see, based off of last season and how that ended and based off of what we know City are, I just said that talented team, but I just don't think it's in them to win the league. And Arsenal fans say that is a form of disrespect and I just can't say anything nice about Arsenal, and I always have to be hateful. Here's the thing. You do call them little brother. Not the rap group, which is- I mean that in an endearing sense. I mean that in an endearing sense. Little bro in an endearing sense. And bro, a little bro is someone that you treat well. Like my big bros treats me very well, most of the time. Um, so look for, look for Arsenal, can they win the league? Yes, I th they can. They, of course, they, they can win the league. Do I believe, would I put money down for them winning the league? No, I wouldn't. Mm. And that is not to be disrespectful. I just feel that as good as they are, if I was a betting man, look, nobody can predict the, the, the future. So you're just making an educated guess as to what I think will happen. And if I was a betting man and I'm, you can either put money on Man City, Arsenal or Liverpool, I'll put my money down on Man City. Now, you do make some interesting points about Liverpool in terms of the squad, potential injuries. And look at us, and Arsenal, a very important thing for Arsenal is beating Liverpool, beating State City, mm -hmm. the amount of goals they are scoring, that's a win against West Ham away. And the fact that the guys, at this point this season, Saka and all of these players were out of form. They're now getting into form. And they're actually hitting form at the right points of the season. So I'm like, okay, this actually looks good. So all eyes are now on um, the City game, which is away at the Etihad. Because if they now beat, if they continue their form and they now beat City, ooh, okay. Things, things look interesting. So... My thing is, but let me make, be real here. The best thing for the Premier League is for Liverpool or Arsenal to win the league. That was the best thing. City doing four in a row 
is bad for the Premier League. Really, really bad. So Arsenal or Liverpool would be an amazing thing. So for Arsenal, it's simple. Prove me wrong. If Arsenal win the league, I'll be the first to say, wow, I was wrong. Well done. Congratulations. But being talented, which is what Arsenal are, being talented isn't enough to win a league. You have to have the chance 100%. You need the character. And you need to be able to know how to deal with pressure. And you need to know how to grind out games and win those games that you may have not been playing well. So Arsenal, the only question Arsenal has not answered yet is, can you deliver under real pressure, which only comes in week 28, week 29, week 30, week 31, week 32, week 33, week 34. I thought we were going to keep counting. Um, <laughs> 35, 36, 37. Um, by the way, Haaland just scored five goals against Luton. So if you were looking for a, a tune-up, just a little quick, you know, training game, <laughs> uh, he he might be back. So that's five goals. God damn. It's six-piece. Yeah. Jesu. So I still think Manchester City are favorites to win the title. Um, and Liverpool's position on top of the table might lead some to think, at least in this moment, that they're the next best competitor. I'm sure if you looked at odds, and again, if you're gambling or whatnot, which I don't condone necessarily. Mm. Um, but I think Arsenal are more position or better positioned than Liverpool. Their form is better. Their squad is deeper. Um, they're not going to have to play on Thursdays in the Europa League. They're going to have at least an extra day of rest. Um, and they have the motivation, I think, of last season where they collapsed. Um, so there is something like we've been in something like a title race before. We know kind of how it goes, but this time we can make it different if we do X, Y, Z. Um, as you say, Saka and Martinelli are doing better. Havertz has found a bit of form. They found their midfield mm. combination with Jorginho. The centre-back partnership has always been good. The question marks surrounding the goalkeeper have kind of dissipated of late, other than the Porto goal, which is its own thing. Um, and <laughs> Arsenal, knowing Arsenal, they might be eliminated from the Champions League in a couple weeks against Porto because round of 16 seems to be their thing. Yeah. So, you know, their, their their burden could be eased. Probably not, but it, it, it is something to watch out for. Um, the dropping of Zinchenko, I feel like it's probably on balance a good thing because they brought in Kiwar. He looks like Kiwar. Oh, I think it's a Kivio. <laughs> so they brought him in, um, and that seems to have helped their defensive stability. But the most important thing, I think, is they're scoring for fun. So they're hitting 4 nil, 5 nil, 6 nil. Yeah. The question playing marks well, they're, they're Arsenal, playing well. The, the question marks around Arsenal were, can they score because of their striker situation? They, they need to go out and they need to buy Ivan Tony. They need Osimhen. Those were the questions in January mm. and, and the first half of the season. If they're getting goals from everywhere and they're not dependent on one or two players, but every person in the squad, Odegaard, Rice might come up with the, with the goal like he scored, I think, against West Ham. Havertz can score, Jesus can score, Martinelli, like Trossard can come in and, and, and pitch in. So you're, you're not worried about one person or one player or two. You're, it's a whole team mm. that you have to go up against. So I, I think ultimately you're correct 
It's almost like doubting Thomas. Like I need to see the nails in the hands in order to believe that you guys can actually do it because it's been 20 years. Mm. But I would put more money on them than Liverpool, understanding that City are the clear favorites. Oh, okay, okay. So you'd... You see, the Arsenal-Liverpool thing is interesting though, because the arguments for both. I would go with Liverpool because but of experience. I, see, I thought no, you were no, going to wait, 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 they're playing much better. They're in much better form. And maybe there's a case of unfinished business based on how last season ended. Or we should have won it last season. But now we're actually going to now make sure that we should have done what we should have done uh, in the previous campaign. So I don't know what to show. Do I go with experience? These guys know how to win a league and they know how to build, build beat a team like Man City. Or do I go with the team who are just better in form, younger, fresher, hungrier, because they've never won this before. And there's much more of a desperation to win a test that they feel was taken away from them last season. Which one is more Disney Plus to you? It's obviously the club story then, yeah? Oh, yeah. That, 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 oh, that's like Wish Upon a Star. You know? <laughs> um... I do want to mention La Liga mm. and is Luka Modric older than you? Uh, my age cannot be revealed. <laughs> my age, my age cannot I, no, no, be revealed. I, I, think, I think if Luka Modric popped on this screen, he'd be the oldest person. I don't know. I don't know, but I think that might be true. I think he's 38 or 39. Um, mm. For him to still be able, like, he came off the bench and I was watching the game and I was thinking, I mean, I know he's Modric, but like, Oh, don't is, be ageist. Is, no, it's like, is it, is he, can he help you in this moment? Cause you guys really need to score. Otherwise, if, if Real Madrid hadn't scored, it would have brought in, yo, Barca are only like five, six points off. <laughs> there's, there's still a classical. Or Girona had the game, I think, against Vallecano, uh, Rayo Vallecano. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if they win, you never know. Look at look at Real Madrid's injuries. It it could be something. <laughs> and Madrid, like first the touch for the goal. Oh my, like that sets up the shot. Yeah, I felt like what I shouldn't have doubted. Why why did I doubt you? So then I tweeted like he might be the goal. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's why? <laughs> and goat, goat midfielder. Like he might be the best midfielder of all time. Huh? He what? Might be, wait, 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 wait. Are be... you being serious, or you're just? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic in the moment because he mm. just scored a like a great winner. But okay, okay, it, yeah, it, yeah, it made yeah, me yeah. feel like name, name better midfield. Name better midfielders and better resumes than Luka Modric. Well, okay, you're bringing resumes. Okay, um, so you have Javi, you have Iniesta. Because if, you, if, it's, if, if you're talking about resumes, 
Javi, Javi and Iniesta. Now, I'm not saying they're better. I'm saying that you can have a debate. You see, what we're not going to do is say, oh, Javi, Iniesta, they're clear. There's no debate. Oh, no, no. There's a very clear debate of Javi, Iniesta, and Modric. There's a clear debate. If you're saying talent level, consistency, impact on the game, resume, there's a clear example. Now, Zidane is special because Zidane doesn't have the kind of resume that Modric has. But in my view, I can think of a... Yeah, I can think of a better technical there's not a technically <laughs> better midfielder than Zidane <laughs> no no I, I think Montrez is in those conversations if people are putting KDB as one of the greatest of all time then 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 Montrez levels bro I think KDB. he's in the he, he, he's, he's in the conversation and how many where, where does Kroos fit in this? Because when, when people mention, not, not, not in all-time conversations, but I, but, but I think you'll catch my drift here. The midfield of Busquets at the base, Xavi, and Iniesta, three, is probably yeah. the best midfield that's ever been. Those three. Yeah, you can make an argument, yeah. But that means that they, they get to feed off of each other and they make each other better. Mm. So 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 they come as a group, and, and and they have that at club level and international level as well. Modric is with Kroos and Casemiro, obviously another top midfield trio. But I don't know if those two reach the level to help Modric the way that the other two were able to boost one of the others, if that makes sense. So like Xavi and Iniesta help Busquets. Busquets and Xavi help. Busquets and Xavi help Iniesta. <laughs> and mm. Iniesta and Busquets help Xavi. Now, obviously, there's, you know, gives and takes. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't know where I was going before I started this. And it's quite obvious <laughs> at this point. But I wonder... Oh, no, no, where no, no, do, no, 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 boost the level of Modric in these all-time debates in the same way that the other three do for each other, if that makes sense. No, no, no. I Put it this way. It's, no, no, it makes sense. I played central mid midfield. Now, it was a, but the main position I played in football was central mid midfield. Anybody who plays central midfield, you are very dependent on your midfield partner or partners. You're feeding off the same energy and they need to be on the same wavelength as you. So you know that, oh, want to pass, getting into a, a triangle, you go forward, I stay back, I stay here, you go forward, okay, I'm coming back. There needs to be a communication and a telepathic understanding in your units. Iniesta, Javi, and Busquets had a rare advantage. They had each other at the peak club level and international level. Let's keep it a stack. Rakitic is very underrated, very underrated. Rakitic and Brozovic are not to the same level as Busquets and Javi or Iniesta. Cruz and Casemiro, at their best, are not to the level of Javi, Busquets or Iniesta. So that hmm. adds to Modric in the terms of he still had quality around him, but you could tell that he had to do more heavy lifting. See, you see, based on what is around him, as opposed to that story. I, I think I have it worded based on what you said. Now, it seems weird to ask this, but once you look mm. at who the particulars of each midfield are, I think it makes sense relatively. Did Modric do more with less? 
I don't like that. I don't I like know. You I, 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 no, no, no. I, I know no, because then it, 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 it categorizes Cruz and Casemiro as somehow being trash. This, That's okay, not what this I mean. To, no, no, no. This is the best way to, to, to word it. It's the best way to word it. Modric didn't stop, do more with less. But the Was he level... No, 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 no. I just feel like if the chemistry that Iniesta, Javi, and Busquets had was a clear advantage because they were able to have that through international and club level. Mm. Modric had to change his game for Croatia as opposed to Real Madrid because what Rakitic and Brozovic do and how they play is very different from how Tony Cruz and Casemiro play. Cruz and Casemiro were excellent players, fully excellent. So it isn't doing more with less. It's just that if you're looking at the full discussion, which is international and club, Modric had to adapt and tweak his game internationally as opposed to the club game. Iniesta, Busquets and Javier. Oh, bro, copy and paste. <laughs> it's copy and paste. It's the also same thing. Like, bro, so it's it's not just it's club international and it's also like bro, they came from the same academy. They grew yeah. up together damn like they're it's like they were birthed together. It's like yeah. they just came as a trio. Obviously, well well Iniesta and Javi were in the senior yeah, yeah, team before yeah, Busquets. Yeah, yeah. But, but, so. before Busquets. Obviously like the we we need to get rid of Yaya mm. Toure in order to make space for yeah. Busquets. Oh no no but also let me let's just be very clear here. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not going to give an answer to this because I don't want to get attacked by either Madrid or Barca fans, but I may have to do this discussion before, so I'm going to let you be the one who gets attacked. Nuclear warhead pointed at you and your family. Choose Iniesta or Modric at the peak. And why? <laughs> There's a nuclear warhead pointed at you and your family, so you have to give an answer. I'm partial to Modric. But you said at their peak. So I think over the breadth of, of a career, Modric is the answer. Because I don't think at 38, in the, I think he might have been in Japan doing stuff. So yeah. just stuff. I think Modric oh. over the course of his career has done more with it. And I think Ballon d'Or winner, all of that. Um, the peak discussion is difficult for me because I'm, I'm bad at recalling like when was their peak exactly. Um, oh, no, no, no. Iniesta, 0, 08 to 2012. I'm going to say 08 to 2012. Did, did, and you then know, Modric I'm, is... I would recuse myself on this basis. During Iniesta's peak, I didn't have access to Spanish football. So I didn't watch him game in, game out in the same way that I have okay, for Modric over fair. the last five or six years. So it, it okay, wouldn't be fair, fair for me to judge him at his peak. Like, obviously, you watch the Euros, the World Cup. I mean, he scored a World Cup winner. Um, yeah. So, like, obviously, you're aware of him and Champions League nights and different things. But watching him game in, game out wasn't something that I was able to do. I don't even mm. know who was broadcasting Spanish football in the United States in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, but certainly, I've watched way more of Modric and I'm partial to Real Madrid in general. So... Yeah, I would, again, Modric is my guy. And he should have been a Chelsea player, but, you know, Spurs and Oh, gosh. Well, so. and another one that we missed out on, man. No, but yeah, do we have a last yeah. topic? Do we have a last topic? Yeah, last quick one, um, Mbappe. 
So now, apparently, me, so, go, okay. for, go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. Go okay, for it. so let me just get so. Think Blitz we're going to the is like, he, yeah, he, he had a meeting with the <laughs> Emir of Qatar and Macron. And? <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, no, here's the thing here. Now, they said that they're just meeting for what I have no, I have no idea. Someone made a very good point. So I don't want to steal someone else's point, but someone made a very good point, which isn't mine. So shout out to the person who made this point. So someone told me that, because we were discussing this whole Mbappe thing. So someone told me that when we lift up our jerseys for like a celebration, free Palestine, a political message, that is seen as, no, you can't do that. You can't bring politics into football. Wrong. Cool. If a football player is being pressurized by political figures to remain and stay at the club for what is, let's be real, political reasons. Isn't that clear evidence that you are uh, conflating politics with football, which I think should be illegal? So my thing is that Mbappe remained at PSG due to political pressure. No one is going to tell me anything otherwise. That was political pressure that he remained there. And it is a strong political move to have Umpe, one of the faces of world football, the most Im the most popular sport in the world, to remain not only in France, but in the capital and in Paris. So my thing is, they say that this had nothing to do with him staying. This is purely, I have no idea that he's still going to Real Madrid. Daniel, don't treat me like a freaking moron and an idiot. Why the hell would Mbappe be walking in like an amazing custom-made suit, guys blowing their trumpets, a freaking red carpet there like it's a freaking movie, and you're meeting the Emir of Qatar and President Macron to discuss what exactly? Now, if he was only meeting my Macron, oh, this could be something about the Olympics and about how he wants to use him um, in a particular sense for the Olympics. And I'm sure Mbappe will be used in a sense... And Mbappe might carry that torch. So he may be the guy that lights the torch in the opening ceremony. I, I can't think of anyone else other than him that would light the torch. Victor? So... When Yama. Or like Tony Parker, I, or like one of their basketball stars, maybe? Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm saying Mbappe. Wembenyama, that's a good one, but I'm, I th I'm thinking Mbappe is... I'm because he's, like he's just nine dancing. feet tall. He would just be like, you know... Yeah, yeah, so it would be too easy. So no, no, but my thing is that... Having the Emir of Qatar there and President Macron, I'm sorry, they had to have discussed PSG. Because once Mbappé leaves PSG, it's over, it's done. Mbramovic left as a brand, they're done. How, okay, what, Dembele, Gonzalo Ramos, that's going to sell your, your brand? It's, it's more that PSG represent the state of France, which is why they're interested in Mbappe. But I think it goes beyond him to where PSG, represent, PSG, PSG represent the country. So they're always going to be a brand within that country, which is probably what they care about most. Then, then secondarily, what, they, what it means in the Middle East, Jordan brand to make them relevant in the United States and different things. Having... <laughs> I mean, they just had Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi. So, of of course, names and star names help, but their relevance in France, I don't think is is not moving anytime soon. And you have to think, 
we may have aged out of picking favorite clubs and different things like that. People that are 20 years, 15 years younger than us, they're Man City fans. They're PSG fans now. Like, that wouldn't have even been a thought of somebody representing PSG or Man City back in the day, but they've made them, they're a relevant institution um, that goes beyond, I think, Mbappe. Mbappe helps, which is why Mm. he's meeting with these people. And I don't think Macron's idea is football purely. I think it's more attaching whatever feeling people have for Mbappe onto his political maneuvering within the within the state because PSG means what it means um and you know if you, if you can attach onto the brand of Mbappe for whatever cultural relevance that's good for a politician especially a politician who's on his way out and has done xyz things it's probably good for your poll numbers to be seen with Mbappe Maybe it is, maybe not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I did see a tweet where it's like, um, <laughs> they're going to give Mbappe Guadalupe and Martinique <laughs> to stay. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you mean like as a negotiation t- tactic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, basically, they're going to give him the Caribbean colonies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I do. The Emir of Qatar being there is quite interesting. That's but, interesting. But, but maybe it's, maybe the government of France... And Qatar are doing something beyond football, maybe in the political sense. Maybe they're discussing um, what's going on in Palestine, actually, because mm. I think Qatar is one of the intermediaries and maybe France. So how is Mbappe involved? He could just be a, a, a convenient link because PSG are owned by the Qataris and the French government. Maybe he's just there to come for dinner. We can bring a star. I, I can call him and he can come. Like maybe it, it, it may, Maybe it isn't football PSG related maybe it goes maybe it's more geopolitical in its nature but we'd have to have the conversation in the transcript but there obviously wouldn't be one um my inclination has been you can only go to that well once you can only ask me to stay on behalf of the state once and I feel like they might have already played that cards so asking me to do it again oh you can always (laughs) We all okay, we, we, we offered you a no. I, I, we offered you a planet. We're not going to offer you the universe. You can always offer more. Uh, you can try, but I don't know if if it would work on. Put it. It wouldn't work on me. That's. I wouldn't you. even go show up. That's but. you, and that's well. You're different. If they offered me the universe, I'm like okay, like okay. What do we say? So we don't know what they've offered Mbappe, and we don't know Mbappe. All we know is Mbappe the football player. We don't know Mbappe the person. This is why we haven't discussed this. Like I, all this news has been breaking about Mbappe, and I haven't brought it up because I only want to discuss it when it's co- communicado official. Oh yeah, explanation. Oh yeah, communicado. <laughs> Let's just make it official. Like yeah, all official. of this, Willie Woni, Julian Laurent, uh, Fab, Fabrizio Romano. Nobody knows what that boy is thinking. Not even his mom. I bet you his parents don't know what's going to happen. I, th- I think his mom does. I think his mom does. I don't think... I, there's no good way for us to have a gauge of what's going to happen with this. Yeah. Time time will tell. Yeah. Like, that's, like that's he could easily like just extend. He could easily just do like a DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. F it, I'm staying. <laughs> 
And then, and then I'm like, Mbappe, then you are really, you really are psycho. Then you better win those. We better win like two or three more World Cups then because you ain't winning no UCL with PSG. And look, for him, I don't think PSG is the worst place to be culturally. And if he sees himself. I need a UCL, Danny. I need a UCL. I hear you. But if he sees himself more in line with like a Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, because he goes to basketball games, so I'm assuming. If he sees himself as like a LeBron James figure where my my vision is bigger than than football, I want to be in movies, I want to be culturally relevant, I want to be in advertisements, I want to build my brand. Staying in Paris is advantageous for him. Going to Madrid is the football thing. And that's what, where people like us get involved because we want what's best for him on the pitch. Do, do your work for France. Euros is coming. Do your work in the World Cup win champions leagues the best place for you to do that is not paris <laughs> anywhere else go liverpool go city go madrid wherever you have to go in order to win the champions league do that but he might be seeing this not in terms of football but in terms of like lifestyle building an empire or a global brand and if he thinks staying in france is what's best Maybe, no, 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 may, but, maybe but you may, just just quickly. Maybe you mm. can play the cards to where I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to Madrid. PSG offer you the world. Then you take it. So, well, no, it's, it depends what he wants. If he wants, oh no, this is about brand. How I want to now build myself. Do you want to be a billionaire or do you want to be the goat? Because being the goat might not get you a billionaire status. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, but staying in Paris around and rubbing elbows with presidents and prime ministers. You, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, before round of like, this is interesting because it says yourself that, look, I already have a World Cup, which is the most coveted trophy. And I, there is a good chance I can win it because I've got at least two more World Cups left in me. And very few people as a superstar have won two World Cups, very few. So I could say to myself that, okay, I never win the Champions League. Even though one UCL for PSG takes my legacy to a whole new plateau, even if we know that's never going to happen. But let's just say I stay at PSG. I win another World Cup. I never win in the UCL. But I'm now a total, complete legend for France by committing myself there. And I'm now a billionaire and a World Cup great. He may say, you know what? That's, I'm willing to sacrifice never winning the Champions League or becoming the GOAT in the overall sense of international and club game for how I've, I've forged my career here. Now, I wouldn't like this. I would say no, I would not like that. I would say no, nah, that's, that's is a no-go. But I'm not Mbappe. <laughs> you know, I'm not in his position, so. And I've been trying to figure out why are you playing in the Olympics? He doesn't need to play in the Olympics. Oh, oh, oh he has to play. Because you know, is the coach. He has to play. But... What, wait, what, Paris it's, have it's, an Olympics and Mbappe's in there? Are you but, crazy? But isn't it under 23? You can get, I think you can have but, three but, over each but, but players. But you can have three players who are over yeah. the, the age limit. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, why you? And the answer must be because it's France. Yeah. Because it's Paris. Yeah. It's the nationalist interest or the national interest, to be yeah. clear, in me playing for the country which may be a, a symptomatic or displaying his larger worldview, which is it's advantageous for me to stay here. Because honest, really and truly, he should have left three years ago, yeah, even, even before they offered him the world. 
and even before Macron did it, he should have been gone. But then, but the funny thing is that, uh, let's say he goes three years ago, does Vinny have the season that he has? Do Real still get Jude Bellingham? Maybe, because they don't compete in the same place. But no, whatever Mbappe does, Mbappe does. Yeah. But me sitting here trying to guess it when I don't think he knows what he's going to do, pointless. All right. So this has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, my name is Daniel Taluk. That's Half Hope. Half Hope, where can people find you? Halfhopefootballhots.com and around the corner. I'm at Daniel Taluk. Remember to follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it. Um, Google, Google Podcasts. I thought some that was shutting use. down. Oh, no, no. I have it on my phone. I, Google Podcasts, you should, yeah. You should, you should look it up. They're going to close it. So... Oh wow! Damn. Google don't Google, Google out, man, bro. Hey, same thing with the. Ha- I tell you, I keep saying, you know why it's called the Hangouts? Because of Google Hangouts, and those guys. Do you know you could have you were starting on a gold mine, but like ah, this doesn't work. Streamyard Google have came so in and just many side projects and side whatevers. Like they just shut down. The only thing they won't get rid of, I think, is YouTube. Yeah. Everything else in the search yeah. engine and Gmail. Other than though, like, but everything else, I feel like is. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, second pod. Check that link in the description. Leave, sure. leave your reviews, all of that, and we will see you guys next week. So, talking tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. Peace, guys. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.